Miami, <laughs> it's so hard to put into words what this place has done for me. I mean, the professors who are like my friends, I can sit down and tell them absolutely anything. They are the people who help me grow um, into the person that I am and realize that, you know, my story and my experiences can be a part of what I do. Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond High Street. David Schwab here. Today we have a first on the pod. We have our first ever conversation with a active student at Miami, a senior, Christy Curry. She actually graduates in a week's time. We've chosen the alumni in the past, of course, to share experiences to help students and, and young employees in the, in the workforce. But we thought Christy would be really interesting to have her to share experiences as she's just coming out of Miami and also because she is creating something that is unbelievable and everybody from Miami should be super, super proud of what she's doing. I heard about her from Tim Holcomb, who leads the entrepreneurship program at Miami and have followed her the last several months until this conversation that we just had. She has started a business through that program in the business school and the business is called Zandaland. It's a holistic digital platform and virtual world for children's hospitals that educates, connects, and distracts inpatient pediatric cancer patients. They use fun, play, and technology to empower young patients through knowledge and engagement. And she started this business because of her own personal bout with cancer and the struggles that she had. And she wanted to solve a problem, not just to help her, but to help the world. I think you are going to be incredibly impressed by this young lady. Please listen to Christy now. This company and my business has been evolving ever since my sophomore year. Um, my first entrepreneurship class was an entry-level business model class, and I was solving a problem that I really felt passionate about and excited about and that was the first time that I ever really it clicked for me that you know hey I could make my you know career out of this you know this feels really good how can I turn this into a long-term um a long-term opportunity and so that's what I've been working on doing um for three years now I'm writing a an article actually right now for Forbes about starting a business and my lead paragraph talks about solving a problem. So mm -hmm. I love that in your just opening thought there, that's immediately where you went. So talk, talk about that problem and what you thought mm -hmm. you could solve. Yeah. So, um, I'll kind of lead in with my story. Um, so when I was a freshman in high school, I was diagnosed with an extremely rare form of cancer and, you know, it absolutely blindsided me. I was a 14 year old teenage girl, um, like obsessed with her friends, infatuated with drama, you know, less um, attentive to school um, and family matters and things like that. Um, so it totally blindsided me and my entire world was flipped upside down. Um, it was a really rare form of cancer. And so I just had never you know, thought about how I would approach something like that happening to me. I didn't believe it. And I had no clue how to explain it. I had no clue how to comprehend it for myself. Um, and it took me a long time as I started going through treatment and surgeries 
to find out what helped me to actually cope. Like I didn't tell my friends for like a year because I just didn't know how to talk about it. And I shut down. So until I found those things, so I started a blog. Um, I started to learn how to talk to my doctors about what was happening and I made sense of it for myself. And until then, I felt like I was really on a fine line between coming out on the better end of things and coming out on the worst end of things mentally and how I was going to let going through something so traumatic affect me in the long term. Um, and really, I came to college. I started you know, thinking about how I was able to turn something so negative into something so positive for myself. Um, I really let that whole experience guide my values. And I started to think about all the kids who were younger than me trying to come to terms with that kind of an illness and how they could possibly do that with, you know, the cognitive ability of a 12 year old or an eight year old. You know, how do they understand cancer? How do their parents explain that to them um, when the parents are probably just as confused as they are? So that's the problem that we started with is, you know, the lack of accessible resources um, for young people when they're diagnosed with cancer. And that was the first problem. Um, and it's kind of expanded um, and turned into a solution for children's hospitals. So the, my, my first comment when I hear that is it was unbelievably brave and mature of you that as a freshman in college, not only had you figured out what was working for you, but mm -hmm. you were thinking about how you could take that and what's transferable there for all and certainly pediatrics. So incredible kudos to you. But go back, go back to what you said of you kept it to yourself. You didn't talk to friends for a year. You weren't sure how to talk to doctors. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you, you, you figured something out and you started writing a blog and you figured out how to talk to doctors. What what happened there? What was it that freed you to start to self-express or be able to communicate? Yeah, so actually the blog, it's interesting. I actually started when I started writing college applications, and that's really when I found that I was actually really able to express well what was happening Um and I think it was just me working it out in my own head, you know, in my own terms, how I felt cancer was affecting my life and how I felt like it was affecting my mind. Um, so I would journal, I'd write things down, and then eventually um, I just ended up starting to post these things. And people started reaching out to me, you know, telling me that I could put into words um, what they were never able to express to their friends and their families as they went through treatment. And that's kind of when it sparked for me. I was like, this feels really good. Like seeing other people who, you know, are benefiting and, you know, their mental state is improving because I'm able to, you know, help them work through things. Like it's like a chain reaction. Like we're all sharing our experiences and how we got through things. Um, and, it was really powerful and it really moved me. And I think that's why I just, you know, couldn't stop thinking about those problems and how do we share information and how um, do we cope as individuals. So as a sophomore, as you were taking some of those early classes in the business school, as you mentioned, uh, and you thought, you know what, this, this actually really 
could work for others. Mm-hmm. How, how did you take those thoughts and put on paper what maybe was the first business plan or at least the first idea of how do I actually solve this problem at scale? Mm-hmm. So originally, um, one of the other issues that really bugged me was the IV when I was in the hospital. So I started thinking about how painful that was, how scary it was to look at. Um, and I looked at that through the lens of a child who might be younger, but then we all, so we came up with an IV cover that was like a little animal and it would cover, um, the insertion point. And then with the animal would come an ebook that was explained from the animal's point of view, um, what cancer was, what surgery was, what chemo is, um, all in a way that a child could understand and the parent could sit there and bond with them over it and read it to their child um, so that they, you know, had that one-on-one communication of what was happening and what they were going through. And so that's what it started, started as that was the first business model. And it was really, um, we said that we were going to sell it to parents. Um, and that whole idea, as we talked to patients, as we talked to parents, as we talked to hospital staff, um, and employees has evolved into a platform that covers so much more um, than just the ebook and that educational aspect. And so now, if we if we jump a couple years and college graduation upon us, t- tell yes. me about this platform and what you're about to take out to the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, Zandaland, um, it's. Zandaland is a holistic digital platform um, and virtual world for kids in children's hospitals um, to be educated, to connect with other kids, and to become engaged in their healing process. Um, It's really, I haven't had to push it really over these past three years. Um, It's evolved so naturally, and I've evolved with it as a person and as an entrepreneur, Um, we've prototyped out, um, this whole virtual world. We are looking into how the education aspect and the engagement aspect can actually translate into better physical outcomes. So if a child is going in and getting an MRI and they understand what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like, what it's going to feel like, they're going to have a better mental state as they go through that process. Um, and if they understand what their medicine is for, they're going to be, you know, more productive and proactive in taking their medicine and that can translate to better physical outcomes and just overall a better mental state can translate, um, to a much better healing process. So the goal of Zandaland is to, you know, put a technology that young kids are familiar with an iPad an application in their hands, um, so that it can empower them to, you know, be engaged and feel confident in what they're going through and, and, tell, and not just feeling like a victim. And tell me about the, the name Zandaland. Yeah. So Zanda in Greek means to guard, protect, defend, and help. So um, we turn that into Zandaland because we really feel like what that means encompasses what we're trying to do um, within, you know, the mental health space and within healthcare and pediatric treatment. How, how many names did you have to go through before you picked Zandaland? It actually, so we pitched in the fall venture pitch competition. I think we came up with that name two and a half weeks before we pitched. <laughs> it, was, it was so important to us. We probably, we had a doc, like a Google doc of like three pages. Um, and then one day, um, it was actually our graphic designer who came up with the name. 
she's like, how about this? And it just clicked. And, and let's be very clear. You didn't just pitch in the fall venture competition. You guys won <laughs> the fall venture pitch competition, right? Yeah, it was such a great experience. And it was really great just to see, you know, not only how like the power of storytelling and the power of this idea came together um, to lead to that success and lead to that win. So how did you put together, I mean, you mentioned the graphic designer, how did you, tell me about the team and, and as you go forth and outside of Oxford, and we're going to talk about Miami here in a second mm-hmm. for sure, but is it you? Is it a group of people for the venture pitch? Did you share with classmates, hey, I have this business idea? Talk, just mm-hmm. talk for a minute about your, the team. Yeah, so going into 401, I had the idea, um, and I had some rough mock-ups, but we really, I was pushed by the professors at Miami to approach it with kind of a clean slate and a clean view. Um, so in that class, you get a team of four or five people together and you come up with normally you start with the problem from scratch and you see it through through solution and you pitch that so I had the idea going in so Professor Hoyer let me pitch it and um, some great students who you know were just as who were just as passionate about it and who really resonated with the problem decided to join my team so we kind of started from square one on our research on our um, interviews on the entire business model and the whole process. And it actually made it so much stronger than I had it. Um, having those, all of those new minds come together around it. And now that we've gotten it to that point, um, where we pitched at the pitch competition and we had a great design, we had a great business model. We have a great strategy. Um, now our graphic designer has stayed on and we now have a CTO. Um, she's actually one of my great friends And she's a very talented um, software engineer and prototyper um, who's come on the team to bring it to the next level um, so that we can start to do user testing. Awesome. So so there's a full-time team of three. Mm -hmm. A full-time team of three. And and give me the the name. Let's shout out the name of your CTO and your graphic designer. (laughs) Our graphic designer is Raquel. Um, Graffio and Rachel Price is our CTO. Awesome. And they're amazing. And you mentioned that once you pitched it and mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden you had a team to help in developing this, it was new minds that helped take this to a new level. So talk, yeah. talk about uh, having an idea by yourself that's as personal as any business idea could be, it was about you to start that Mm -hmm. you obviously wanted to change for all. And then all of a sudden you had new minds and sometimes probably visions that you loved visions that weren't necessarily what you thought. So your, your open mind and, and how hard that was to take in the ideas, but also how gratifying it was to hear different perspectives. Yeah. I think that, that was definitely one of the biggest learning curves for me. And as I mentioned, ever since, you know, my sophomore year, this has evolved into this huge platform. And I, as myself, I've evolved with it. And getting that new team was a huge step for me. And I had to learn to take a step back. And I have seen, you know, the value of bringing in other people into the circle as an entrepreneur. I think a lot of people are really scared to do that. They're scared to open up. They're scared to share their ideas. But I think 
being vulnerable like that opens up so much opportunity, especially when you're surrounded by such smart and diverse um, other students and peers like we are at Miami. And, you know, without them, I don't think that, you know, I would have been able to look at things certain ways. Um, and having those people to kind of challenge you or make you look at things differently is so important and has really made Sandaland what it is today. Mm. And you, and you mentioned 401, and mm-hmm. I don't even know what 401 is. So yeah. t- tell me about that class. And then, as you said, you know, we, graduation coming up. So four mm-hmm. years in Oxford and friendships and learning and social life yeah. and all those great things that uh, when I close my eyes, it, it feels like home, seems like home. What's mm-hmm. Miami mean to you? Yeah, so, well, 401 is the pitch competition class, and – um, winning teams or teams that are serious about pursuing the business actually can evolve into the launch class, um, which I'm in in Cincinnati. We go to Union Hall every week and we continue to push the idea further and meet with mentors and things like that. And that has given me a lot of confidence and the progress we've been able to make um, in the launch class at Union Hall um, has been, you know, insurmountable. And it's like I said, I came into Miami, you know, really excited to take on the world. I had just, I had this new perspective. I had like a fire lit under me to like be the best version of myself that I could be. And I was excited to, you know, get those cool jobs and get those cool internships. And so I always thought that I would come out, you know, and I was in a position to work in my dream job, but I just can't put this idea down. Um, it's going really, really well. And so I've decided to pursue it full time and see it through after college and see what happens. And it's scary, but you know, it's so exciting as well. And um, just the potential impact that it could have um, on so many other patients and people um, is really what drives me to do that. Um, So I'm gonna see that through after college. Um, So it's very, very scary and exciting Um, and just, you know, Miami, it's been, <laughs> it's so hard to put into words what this place has done for me. I mean, the professors who are like my friends, I can sit down and tell them absolutely anything. They are the people who help me grow um, into the person that I am and realize that, you know, my story and my experiences can be a part of what I do um, for the rest of my life and bring those into it. And just, all of my friends and my close circle, you know, I can't put any of them into a box. And when I think of Miami, you know, they're who I think of, like they're the most dynamic, passionate, you know, experienced and diverse people I've ever met. And they're also, you know, my sorority sisters or my guy friends, um, who I go out with on the weekends. Like, it's just so crazy to leave all these people in this place and all think of all the places that they're going to do. And, um, go and things that they're going to do. So, um, well, what, it's really, what do you think has, as, and I just totally cut you off. So sorry. No, you're fine. Say, what, what do you think of all of that, which is incredible to hear is the most surprising to you? What, what of all of that going in, walking into Oxford four years ago that you, you just had no idea 
that you would be exposed to that it sounds like really has changed your life or the way, you know, outlook on life and friendship and learning? Yeah. Um, I think that I was honestly surprised at the professors um, a lot and how much interest they take in each and every student and their success and not only like their success in the classroom, but just as people in general and wanting to get to know you um, and your character and help you build on that character. And, you know, you're, you can be vulnerable with them. And that's where the most learning has happened because they push you inside and outside of the classroom um, and they get to know you and they just, they care so much. And that is the value of Miami to me times a million um, it's, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, just the passion that they have for their students and for our success. And, and the kids that are going to be freshmen, freshmen in Oxford next fall, mm-hmm. what's, <laughs> what's the, what's the tip, the one tip you tell them of what to do? do or take advantage of over the next four years? Or as I said to you, offline, four years and one summer, which I totally took advantage of. Yeah. Um, I would tip. say that's tough, just one. I'll give you two if you want to go to. <laughs> you know, I would say... <laughs> You know, not to be afraid to approach things differently or to make mistakes. I think that that's one of the coolest things about Miami is that we're, yes, we're in a bubble, but we also are so lucky that we can, you know, approach things with a creative mindset where maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but not to be scared to mess up um, and not to be scared to, you know, just put whatever you have on the table and it'll be enough and you'll learn from it. Um, and you can learn from every experience that you have here. And my other tip would just be to learn from every, every person you meet. I think that getting to know people who aren't like me or getting to know professors or just, you know, striking up a conversation with someone in class or someone in your group, you can learn from the people here, um, and not being afraid to, have those conversations because everyone here is so smart and they all have different perspectives, um, not just from major, but from their background, from where they're from, from what they're interested in. And it's so cool to hear from other students and what they're doing. Um, and in my experience, it only, you know, empowers a chain reaction of what the students here can do. Yep. Uh, that's, that's so true. So graduation, I've said it three or four times, and I hate saying it because I know you'd like to just sit there with your buddies and, and hang out. But you've got a you've got a problem to solve, um, and I am confident you're going to do so. So give me the uh, I don't want to call it the pitch, but for uh, for a pharma company, for a hospital, for a venture capitalist, what. What is it that you want or need, um, or where do you see this business and this um, 
this thing, we'll call it, that you're going to solve, where do you see it in a year or two? And what do you need to, to help accelerate that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really, we see ourselves as shifting the point of view on mental health um, and healthcare and how that translates to the physical outcomes. And so right now, we have our high-frequency prototype and we are looking to start doing user testing with some of those features um, to analyze the outcomes and just get Zandalan in front of patients and in front of doctors um, so that we can really develop something that is valuable to them, to us, to the parents, to the patients, to the families. So right now it's all about testing and getting it in front of as many people as possible. Um, So we have a few things that we would like to develop first on the agenda so we are, you know, looking for that initial capital to do that from various sources. Um, we're going to start a GoFundMe page um, to kind of sponsor us through our first initial months um, as we start to apply to um, some funding and look for some research partners. So those are really the next steps um, in the next year or so. And have you created the the animal covers for IVs? Is that still part of the plan that you're actually actively selling right now? No, but actually um, the child will get an animal um, that is made of medically sound material, no metal or anything. So it can go in the MRI machines with them, can go to different procedures, um, but it's not an IV cover, but it is um, it is an animal. And that animal is also the animal that will take them through the virtual world of Zandaland. It's incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what you've got is great. Where are you guys setting up shop as uh, you start this new business? Yeah, so that's a little bit to be determined. I'm <laughs> kind of right between Columbus, my hometown right now, and Cincinnati, Um feel so fortunate to have great networks in both now, you know, um, with the alumni who've been helping and the mentors here in Cincinnati um, and also my hometown of Columbus. And and tell me two words you mentioned earlier in the same sentence, scary and exciting. (laughs) Balance, balance those two words for me in your head. Uh, Balancing those two words is hard. Um, I think that, You know, what I really want to do is I want to have an impact and I see an opportunity to do that. And um, you can't do that without it being a little bit scary and very exciting. Um, So it's all about taking that, taking those risks, um, those small risks. And now it's led to a pretty big one. Um, But I think the word to describe the two of those is impact. That was an awesome conversation. It felt like I was talking to a peer, not a student. Christy, you are going to do wonders in the marketplace. I am convinced you're going to solve this problem that you are set out to do so. For anyone in the marketplace, a Miami student, alumni, professor, or anyone listening to the pod, take a look at Xandaland. If you have any skills, businesses, or just want to help in some way, reach out. Christy, best of luck to you. Congratulations on graduation. Go crush it. See you all at Skippers real soon. Take care, guys.